Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And then Pharaoh took off his ring from off his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, that's the royal linen, put a gold chain about his neck, made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, without thee, without thee shall no man lift up his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Just imagine that. Just imagine that scene. A heathen king calling a slave prisoner Jewish man a man in whom the Spirit of God is, and makes this proclamation that this this Hebrew slave prisoner is now going to rule over his house and over all of his people of Egypt. He's going to be the ruler over Egypt. He wears Pharaoh's ring of authority that was used to sign all the royal degrees. He's dressed in the royal clothes, the linen clothes, and he has the royal chain around him. He rides in the second chariot, and he has criers that go before his chariot that command people, bow the knee. <laughs> and the Egyptians come to, 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 to him and tell him in Genesis 47.25, 47.25, Genesis 47.25, they said, the Egyptians say, thou hast saved our lords, let it, our, thou hast saved our lives, thou hast saved our lives, let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. They call Joseph my Lord. Imagine all that, and then imagine the parallels with the Lord Jesus Christ. God brought into a position of all power over Egypt a man named Joseph who was unknown in Egypt. Who ever heard of him? He was down in the, in, in the prison. Just as God brought into position of all power that a power over every man, a man named Jesus who was unknown to the world, as he said in John 5.22, 5.22, the father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the son. I mean, in Egypt, God brought into power a man named Joseph who was thrown into a pit to die, but was resurrected out of that pit to live. Just as Jesus was laid in a tomb, a tomb of death, but was resurrected from that tomb, as it says in Acts 2.24, Acts 2.24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it's not possible that he should be holden of it. And then in Philippians 2.6, Philippians 2.6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with, with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I mean, just think about this. All the people there bowing before Joseph and how all the people have bowed before the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it's something. So God brought into power a man named Joseph who was sold to Ishmaelites, just as the Lord Jesus was sold by Judas. Judas. Now, God brought into power a man named Joseph who was imprisoned just as the Lord Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, God brings into power a man named Joseph, and there was a great need to be saved from the death by famine, just as the Lord Jesus appeared when the fullness of time came. He appeared when there was a great need to be saved from death from sin. So in short, God made Joseph the most powerful man on earth, and that's what Stephen said. On his, in his final words, in Acts 7 9, Acts 7 9, the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. So Pharaoh used his powerful, oh, Pharaoh, Joseph, Joseph used his powerful position to accomplish this saving of the Egyptians and his own family also, saving his own family by collecting all that grain during those years of, of, uh, of, uh, of, of uh, bounty. Now, and that's just as the Lord Jesus used his sinless life and his blood that was sinless to become the Lamb of God and take away the sin of the world. And that was the great significance when he was on the cross and he cries out, it is finished, which literally means it's accomplished, when he said in John 19.30, Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. He cried out, bowed his head, gave up the ghost. So it was a great deliverance that Joseph is speaking about here because it was brought about because Joseph was in a position of great power. And that's a great deliverance that the Lord Jesus brings because the Lord Jesus is in this position of great power. Now, second... It was a great deliverance because it was adequate. It was adequate. Joseph had collected grain. He collected so much grain that they couldn't compute it anymore. In Genesis 41, 47, Genesis 41, 47, in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought, earth brought forth by handfuls, and he gathered up all the corn of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left off numbering, for it was without numbering. So during those seven years, Joseph used all of his effort to collect the corn, and he just threw himself into this job of collecting corn, and he gathered so much corn, says it was like the sand of the sea. And he tried to keep track, to keep a careful tally of the amount of corn that, 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 that was being collected, but, 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 but he had to just, he, he said, look, you guys, we can't be having you put your labor into writing all this down. 
put your, put your paper and pencil and paper away and get to work collecting all this corn and putting it away. And we're just going to have an unmeasurable amount of corn. Unmeasurable. We don't know. So when the famine uh, hit Egypt, the famine extended over all the Middle East, and, all, and people were dying by the thousands, you can imagine, and death was everywhere. No one could escape the death. But, and if they went to any other country, any other place for deliverance, they died by the famine. There was no deliverance in any other country from the death by famine. But there was help from the famine only with Joseph. And when the Egyptians came to Pharaoh for help, they said, essentially, they said, we don't want to die. We don't want to die. And so they came to Pharaoh in, in, uh, in Genesis 41.55, 41.55, when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. So Pharaoh told the people, go to Joseph for help. And when the people went to Joseph, they received help. Now, first, Joseph had enough corn for everyone who came to him. I mean, second, Joseph did not turn away anyone who came to him for corn. And when we see that, when we really see that, that Joseph had an adequate amount of corn for everyone, even though he didn't know how much corn there was, but but that's an illustration for us of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ that that he gives to everyone who comes to him to escape this coming eternal, never-ending death as a judgment for sin. You know, Joseph, he never said to anyone, uh, I'm sorry, but we just don't have any extra corn to spare. Uh, you know, we've made a careful calculation of what we have, and everybody has signed up, has signed up. There's nothing to spare. Sorry. You have to turn your way. Sorry. I'm sorry. We have, we've run out of corn. He never said that. No. From, from this verse in Genesis 41, 49, 41, 40, 49, God made sure that the harvest was in number like the sand of the sea until he left off numbering without number. So this is a perfect illustration of the adequacy to feed every person that comes to Joseph, that comes to, he never cast out anyone for wanting corn because there was so much corn that he gave, that he had there. Perfect illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ. That, 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 that he, as he said in John 6, 37, John 6, 37, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Reminds me of a little boy down in, in uh, Cardiff in Wales, the southern part of Wales, uh, Cardiff, south Cardiff there in Glamorganshire. And he had met the Savior in Sunday school. He was, and, and he was saved and, and, but he was sick and he was dying. And his mother was not a Christian. She didn't know the Lord. And so she, she, she knew the, the last moments were coming. And so for the boy, so she bent over her dying son. She tried to pray a prayer, but she couldn't. And she gave up. Instead, she bent over her son as the last one was coming. And he, she said, son, is it all right? And he, and he says, yes, mommy, it's, it, it's all right. I'm saved. And the mother replied, you saved? How could he ever care for you or our home? And the little boy boldly responded, Jesus has plenty for everyone. All right? That's what we're seeing here with illustrated. If someone coming to Joseph and asked Joseph, how do you know you have enough corn for every person who comes to you? Exactly how much corn do you have in stock? The question is how much corn was in stock was a question Joseph couldn't answer. He didn't have an answer for because they gave up numbering it. 
And, and, and so Joseph, when Joseph was asked how much corn was in stock, Joseph would just have to look at the person and say, an adequate amount. That's there. It reminds me of the wealthy man in South Africa that he wanted to buy the top of the line with all the options of a brand new Rolls Royce. So the man went to the Rolls Royce dealer down there in South Africa and he sat with the salesperson and he meticulously went over every single detail of the car. I mean, and, to, and, and that he wanted to buy what was included, what wasn't included, made sure he had all the options covered. Can you picture that? And he really dove into the every detail of the Rolls Royce. And the car was ordered, and months later the car arrived. He put his down payment down, and, and, and he, he came in to make his last payment to take his car. And then the man remembered, oh, he says, very important detail. I forgot to find out about the new car. So he, 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 he says, he said to the dealer, look, before I take possession of the car, I must know one important detail. And the man said, what is it? And he says, what is the horsepower of this car? And the salesman looked through all of the specifications and he couldn't find the horsepower. So the man said, I'm not going to take this car until you tell me the horsepower of this car. So the salesman sent off a message to London. And it just was very simple. It says, customer is demanding to know the horsepower of the car. And so some time passes, and then back came the, the message, which one word, adequate. When people asked Joseph, how much corn do you have? His answer was adequate. And when anyone asked about the Lord Jesus, how many salvations can you make? How many salvation passes do you have? How, and, and his response would be adequate. And the little dying boy, when he said Jesus has plenty for everyone, he was saying adequate. So after we're saved, we find that the Lord Jesus is adequate or sufficient, not only for salvation, but for all of our needs. And that's what's emphasized in 2 Corinthians 3.5. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says, not that we are sufficient for ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Adequate. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient, adequate, for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity is that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And that's what we do. We affirm that the Lord is adequate or sufficient for every challenge in life. And there's really, there's a verse with four important words that express this, which is a very famous verse, Galatians 2, 20, Galatians 2.20, for I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The four words in that verse are not I but Christ, not I but Christ. That express adequacy. Now that's the A. Now we come to the next, the S in the word pass, S. This brings us to the third letter, S. S stands for simplicity. This is brought out by what Pharaoh said to his starving people, as we've seen in Genesis 41, 55, 41, 55, when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph. And what he saith you do, do. See, his message was, go to Joseph. They're challenged with starving to death. They're desperate. And Pharaoh didn't give the Egyptians some complicated scheme for getting food. Pharaoh had just one instruction, go to Joseph. And it didn't matter where a person lived in Egypt. 
the message was, go to Joseph. And it didn't matter if a person was rich or poor, the message was, go to Joseph. And it didn't matter if a person was young or old, the message was, go to Joseph. That was a simple message, and it was the same for every person, go to Joseph. That's a perfect illustration of the simple message for everyone who is in need of being forgiven and saved from their sins, go to the Lord Jesus. It's not go join this church or do this sacrament or do penance or do these good works or study religions or go wash in some river or speak to some priest. It's none of those things. The message is simply go to Jesus. Just like he said in John 540, John 540, you will not come to me that you might have life. Eternal life is received by following no other message than go to Jesus. John 7.37, John 7.37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Simple message. The internal hunger, the thirst, go to Jesus. 1 John 5.11, 1 John 5.11, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He that has the Son has life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. Now, when we think about the forgiveness that God gives, forgiveness by God, and salvation from sins, there's really three words. It's available, it's adequate, it's also exclusive. And you say, Exclusive? Yes, exclusive. Salvation is available to everyone. Salvation is adequate for everyone. But salvation is exclusive for only those who come to the Lord Jesus. Acts 4.12, Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The way of salvation, the truth of salvation, the life of salvation is exclusive in John 14, 6, John 14, 6. Jesus saith to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way is so simple. The way is so simple. It reminds me of a report that I received just uh, yesterday or day before from Caesar Flightus, who works as a tour guide at the Garden Tomb in Israel. He wrote, on August 25th, we had a Jewish woman visiting the garden tomb from Montreal, Canada. That's something we send some blitzers to Montreal. Anyway, she was emotionally and spiritually broken. One of our tour guides, an Arab believer from Bethlehem, gave her a tour of the place at the Skull Hill, Golgotha. This woman asked our guide, how could she get forgiveness from God. She acknowledged she had done many evil things in her life and asked if God could forgive her. So our guide shared the gospel with her, and she gave her life to Christ. At the end of the tour, the tour guide joyfully shared what happened. He mentioned that she left her, her contact info with him. At that moment, I said to him, we need to follow up with this woman. So I took her number and sent her a text message. I shared a verse from Scripture uh, with her from Psalm 3418. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those that are crushed in spirit. And to my surprise, 
She replied back within the hour saying, God bless you and your family. I have really been cleansed. I was trapped, but now I'm free. Immediately after that, I contacted a friend in Canada to contact this woman should be discipled and get in fellowship. So we've seen the great deliverance in verse 7 is great because of the power of Joseph. It's great because it was adequate for everyone. It's great because it was simple. Just go to Joseph. Now, the last S is secure, is secure. Now, for the Egyptians, their food supply was secure because of everything really we have seen so far, but their food supply was secure because when Joseph was put in power, it was not for a certain term of office. You know, not for, he wasn't there for four years. You know, to serve as the ruler over Egypt. He was in power and that brought security to the Egyptians. That's a perfect illustration of the security because of the Lord Jesus Christ is in power for all eternity. As it says in Revelation 11:15. Revelation 11:15. Seventh angel sounded. There were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. All right? And that's a good verse to read, not only when you go to the Messiah, but all year round. And the Egyptians only had to look for security. They only had to look at these vast stores of, of food that Joseph had put up and feel secure that he had provided for them. And what do we do for security? We only have to look at creation all around us, as we look at creation and don't listen to the fairy tale that everything just fell together by time and chance. But if you look at creation, you see the creator, you see the Lord Jesus, it done all that, and then you say, the security comes in, he'll take care of me. Because he said to do this in Matthew 6, 28. Matthew 6, 28, he says, consider. He says, and he says, why, Matthew 6, 28, why take you thought for Raymond? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they toil not, they don't spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you of you a little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall be clothed? So what we see in this passage here is this great deliverance that Joseph provided and it's all in this word acronym, PASS, power, adequacy, simple, security. And if Joseph's deliverance or the salvation from this starvation was so great, as he called it, great deliverance, how much more is God's deliverance of salvation from sin so great? And then the Bible has a warning about that in Hebrews 2.3, Hebrews 2.3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, conformed unto us by them that heard him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the great deliverance, the great salvation that Joseph provided for Egypt, and thank you for the great salvation that you provided for us in our heavenly Joseph, the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. 
Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor, Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program and founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, would like to invite you to celebrate Good Friday on Friday, March 30th at 7 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee. Enjoy an evening of an in-depth Bible teaching from Tom Cantor, followed by a communion service on Good Friday at 7 p.m. Then join Tom in the Friendship with God Fellowship Sunday, April 1st at 5.30 p.m. for a special Easter Passover message. You are also invited to a Passover Seder dinner with Tom Cantor, Saturday, April 7th. The cost of the Passover meal is only $20. Enjoy great D.Z. Aikens food, fellowship, and a memorable Passover Seder message from Tom Cantor. The Friendship with God Fellowship Church is located inside the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, next to the Highway 67 and the Santee Drive-In. For more information, please call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104. Or go to our website at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.